every time you get a chance to witness this scene, you feel lucky. Nothing like it. Man, this is what it's all about. This is what college football is all about. I've, I've said this is the best scene in the country. Welcome back to Whiteout Weekly on what is a very sad losing week as the Nittany Lions fall to six and four on the season after a brutal 21-17 loss to the Michigan Wolverines, where honestly McNamara looked like fucking Joe Namath out there in that game. And the pitchforks are out. The pitchforks are out for James Franklin. And all the heads, all the upper heads on the coaching staff. Personally, I will not use my right to bear pitchforks. I will not use my Second Amendment right to bear the pitchfork. I'm going after other people other than James Franklin. But Dave, are you uh, picking up a pitchfork and storming, storming the campus? I, I'm always topsy-turvy when it comes to James Franklin. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate all that he brings into the program, but it always boils back to the in-game management and what he's able to do here. And it just, it strikes a bell when you look at the, the post-game presser. And then I think he had some comments earlier this week. I know today's Tuesday. So yesterday, and I think it was, might've been today where he's just talking, obviously we got to make more explosive plays. Obviously we got to do this. Uh, he mentioned about that last play of the game, what I was harping about on Twitter when we're bombing a fourth and two played a fucking a fifth year senior with four catches on the fucking year and that's yeah. the play to go deep to cam sullivan brown like he's gonna make a play for you and even the drive just all this drive before that we did it was a we're up 17 14 yeah clifford runs it for three yards and then we do two straight passes to jahan yeah on their own on their 13 yard line it's like you got to know the situation at that point there's six minutes left in the game Run yeah, the ball it's, three it's, straight times and then kick the field goal, bleed as much clock as possible. Like it was just, just like simple shit that uh, just really gets to me. Yeah, it's it's this. Obviously, we have to do this. Obviously, we got to do that. Obviously, we need to get to the level of where Ohio State is. I think I remember his his uh, presser comments a couple of years back where he was saying, talking about making the jump from or making the jump to elite to where to get this program to an Ohio state status. And it's what it takes to get there, the things that they got to do. And here we are in 2021, a season with so much promise. I remember it's, we started this podcast this year. I'm sitting there. Shit, Matt, it's we're five and oh, I was like, Holy fuck. We started this podcast this year. This is the year. This is we it. did. We went through the schedule. We were like, I was like, no one point. We're, five and <laughs> we're talking about what December is going to look like. What January yeah. is going to look like. Possible and here we are. Playoff like, football. Downward. Like, yeah. downward fucking spiral and you look at the scheme the grand scheme of things he's 10 and 9 in the last two years he had that great run from yeah 2016 big 10 title mm-hmm. 2017 2018 2019 we're talking about shit is franklin gonna bolt for usc lsu and here we are 
six and four discussing can he handle the fucking job that he's got right now yeah and you're gonna hear those rumors die down because the question is is he a big time college coach and can he handle it he's got his oc who he's been asking for for years who's had success elsewhere Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot of questions to be raised here i didn't I'm not in the camp of, I don't think you get rid of him right now. I mean, yeah. I think you look along across the landscape and it's who are you going to bring in? That's going to do a better job. But I'm also not in the camp of, like I said, on the last pod where, or two pods ago where it's, yeah, well we accept whatever, you know, we, we want to get to a championship level yeah. and you got to make the, you got to make the call is Franklin the guy that's going to get you there. And right now it's not a good feeling about that. It's right now the feeling is we're going to go in every year. I mean, I don't, I don't expect to go in year in year out and perform like this, but it's, I don't see any way where we get climb out of this hole and get above Ohio state. And to me, it just comes down to every year for as long as I can honestly remember when we face Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio yeah. state, the teams we need to be, to be a contender for the college football playoff. It's always a trench mismatch on both sides of the ball every single season. I don't know how like Penn state is like the only big 10 team in that division that just can't recruit, not even recruit, not develop offensive Mm -hmm. linemen. None of the offensive linemen have gotten better this year at all. Besides G Scruggs, who's killing it still zero sacks on the year. Most passive block snaps. The only one that has been living up to his potential. It's just like, I whoever the offensive line coach, I want him fired. Bring me the fucking assistant offensive line coach from Arkansas with a big gut mustache who just lives for drawing up five man protections. Like that's all I want. Like this guy, whoever I don't even know who the offensive line coach is. He told me twice last week, and I already forget his name. It's been here two years. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing. We we can't develop, and he can't draw up a five man pass protection. And then just like the mismatch against, he knew there's a mismatch with Hutchinson and Ogla on the other side. Uh-huh. And the, the amount of times he brought in an extra blocker, we have John Lovett had six pass blocks. Kevon Lee at four, so that's 10. Noah Kane, one. Theo Johnson, two. So that's 13 plays that he brought in an extra pass blocker. He went five on four the rest of the whole fucking game. Like, what's going on here? We're getting, we're getting slammed by their pressure, and you're only bringing in a guy, an extra guy to protect, so we actually have the numbers to give Clifford an, the amount of time to throw the ball. 13 times the entire game? That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. I don't know whose call that is, if it's, if it's Franklin's or if it's the offensive line coach, but like, just get out of here. You can't expect to win against that Michigan defensive line just going five on four. And just to prove that point, like, can you guess how many pressures they had that game? Michigan? Yeah. Oh. It, it's eight sacks, seven QB hits. It's got to be somewhere up by, uh, I'd say, 28. 34 30. total fucking pressures. <laughs> 34. Uh, Ajaba, yeah. I'm sorry, I called him Agua earlier. Ajaba had seven. Hutchinson had five. They had five sacks combined. And besides juice, um, our offensive line just was awful. Five sacks, two QB hits, 22 hurries. There's the 34 hurries, excuse me. It's, it's, it's just the trenches. 
every year, every year. Yeah, I think I think we were bamboozled by uh, the hype surrounding Caden Wallace. I think I'd mentioned. Uh, yeah. Uh, recruited as a guard. I know I said episode one that he had, they were saying he had the potential to be one of the best linemen ever. And he looks like a guard playing tackle. He yeah, got absolutely he really obliterated uh, against Michigan. Yeah. Mike, Mike Miranda, who got a little banged up this week, Eric Wilson transfer portal from Harvard. Hasn't gotten any better. Yeah. Rashid Walker. I don't look too much into this type of stuff, but he just looks like a guy who's checked out. He, like he knows he's NFL. gonna be like a first round draft like hey i got my spot i'm gonna be i'm gonna yeah. be in the nfl next year this the one, isn't going anywhere the one and tweet it, from our account where it's just like all the linemen just looking at the four pass rushers of michigan just swarming yeah. on clifford and walker's just standing in the flat like oh well <laughs> i'll sign match up it's like dude, <laughs> give me a fucking break man like show some heart yeah. out there yeah and you just look at look at the last three games you had I think Clifford against Michigan throwing the ball 43 times, Maryland threw it 47 times, Ohio state 52 times. The name of this offense is passing. And when you're giving up that much pressure, you saw it against Michigan Clifford getting destroyed out there. You know, you got to give them some props for taking those blows, hanging in there, hanging tough. But when your recipe is to throw the ball, throw the ball and your line can't give them any time. And you're not bringing an extra man to protect. Like, it's just not a good recipe, and it's it's less on is Clifford the guy. It's hey, what the fuck are we gonna do with this offensive line? I know we've talked right. about the running game, but even just from a pass game standpoint, it's they have no identity. Yeah, which they have no identity, and it's just a, a I'm accustomed to because all the teams that I love and root for, it's that's always the thing they don't have an identity. Very true. Whether it's the Sixers, the Eagles, but it's Penn State now, and it's they have no identity. Their they identity have, is they, hoping Jahan, Jahan, Jahan running, Dotson takes over the game. That's Franklin's, their identity. Yeah, it's that. It's we don't have Franklin's comments. We don't. We didn't have enough explosive plays other than Jahan. And one question about the fucking fake field goal, the fake punt. Yeah, that's great. You change momentum. You keep the drive going. But you're at the two yard line. It's fourth and goal from the two, and <laughs> you're running a fake field goal. And his response is we thought we had to be more aggressive and catch them off off guard. You don't see a fucking Alabama, a Georgia, when they're playing against a top 10 team running fakes at the two. They No. Hey, if you're going to go for it, it I formation. We're jamming it down your fucking exactly. throat. Exactly. They don't have the confidence to do it, and they don't have the solutions to get to a point where we can do that. And it's, all- it's not just this year. It's beyond. It's – it's yeah. does this coaching staff have the mindset or the mind frame to be able to figure out these every day, every season problems. And right now I don't have the confidence that they can do that. Yeah. And that's, so, that's just a very disappointing thing. It really is. I mean, this season we had all the hopes in the world. Everything this seemed season, to be in This place. season could go down as one of the most disappointing seasons in Penn state history. Mm-hmm. Some ones really that come could. to mind, I think, what was it, 08 or 09 with Daryl, or maybe before that with Daryl Clark. Clark. Yeah, with 09. Uh, when anyways. they lost at Iowa, that was their one blemish. Uh, a couple years back, uh, the game against Ohio State at the shoe that they lost to JT Barrett when Saquon returned. A couple ones come to mind, but this one, 5-0, and all the chaos at the top, thinking this could be the year. And you go down like this, you're talking about a pin – We'll get into it later. I'm not going to blow it now, but yeah. you're talking about where the team, where they could have been 
in January, December, December, January, and what we're talking about now. I mean, you, you got Rutgers coming up. It's you should fucking beat Rutgers, but it's I don't know, dude. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. If they're gonna win this game. I don't know if they're gonna win. It's one of those seasons where I mean, obviously, just we talked about it. Trenches were just always yeah. mismatched against fucking Michigan, Ohio State. But the Iowa loss was just like another just fucking gut punch. Just a what if game. If Clifford was healthy, who knows what could have happened? And the Illinois game happened, and it was just it's just been it's just been a disappointing season. That's to say the we least. We don't even have the ability now to say <laughs> if Clifford was healthy, you know, whatever. The season's in the toilet, and I was in the toilet now. <laughs> so that's looking yeah. more of hey, you should have beat them. They stink. Yeah, for but, real. Oh. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, man. Should have taken them down, but I will give uh I got three names to give props to. Um well first of all, our guest last week, Reed Kellum, phenomenal uh scouting saying Parker Washington was gonna have a huge game. He did. Great call, Reed. Great call. Great call. Um other one I wanted to mention was AK. Yeah. He had he was the only man, only guy on the defensive line who was getting any sort of pressure. And I'm sure he was the focal point of their blocking scheme. Nine total pressures, two sacks, six hurries, QB hit. Can you guess how many pressures the second person on Penn State had? One. Two. The only other people to get a pressure on the quarterback were Brandon Smith twice and Derek Tangelo twice. So again, trenches. It all comes down to winning the fucking line of scrimmage, and every year we can't do it. Even going into the game, you know we're not going to be able to do it. So I don't know what if we need to sneak some steroids in to get to our guys up to three hundred pounds, or just just start feeding them fucking from the trough, basically. <laughs> like we need something. And like I said, I need an offensive line coach who knows what the fuck they're doing because I've not seen a Penn State offensive lineman develop the past 10 years, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been atrocious, absolutely atrocious. And shit, even with those stats, I mean, you're looking at the D-line now. I know we're talking about the O-line with the D-line. AKs, he solidified his spot in the draft. So Mm -hmm. he's he's out the door. So you're looking at a Nick Tarberton. Do you bring him back? Does he want to come back? A Jesse Lucchetta, uh, who I think I saw just got uh, uh, announced to go to the Senior Bowl. But is it? Can you convince a guy like that to come back and do the the brisker route? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of questions going to be there next year. Yeah, it's are we gonna do? We may have to go out and find another gem in the portal because otherwise it's re- relying on Adisa Isaac, who had a lot of promise this year and ended up being out for the year. Uh, you got him, you got Tarberton, you got a Smith Vilbert who hasn't gotten a lot of PT this year. So I know yeah. we talk about the O-line, but the D-line, there's going to be a lot of questions there too. They, they were very lucky with what they've been able to get out of AK and mm-hmm. he's pushing could be the first Nittany line in quite some time with 10 sacks on the year Oh yeah, or 10 sacks in a single season. Yeah. So it's, how do you replace that? And they just got him from the portal. They yeah. Fucking out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. <laughs> um, Shit, man. Yeah, it's yeah. The, for me, yeah, for me, it's just it all comes down to to the trenches. Yeah, 
just do, like either whatever, whoever's in charge of that strength conditioning coach, both the offensive defensive line coach. Like I just yeah. need, I need someone who knows what the fuck they're doing to develop <laughs> these guys. Like there's been just no development over the, again, over the past decade. Like I just, it's just so infuriating yeah. to watch. Yeah. Um, so we're going to drive past that, put it in the rear view mirror. It sucked, but that's uh, that's where we are. And like looking in terms of bowl games, like I hate to say it, like we're we're destined for the fucking what I hate the pinstripe bowl. I'm guessing I haven't looked at any bowl projections, but like that's the fucking bowl that I I said I I said it two episodes ago. I would hate if we went to the pinstripe bowl. And guess what? That's where we're probably gonna end up. Got some bad news for you. Don't fucking tell me. As of Sunday, I think it was Sunday, ESPN released their bowl projections, and they got our beloved Nittany Lions squaring off against the Virginia Cavaliers. Oh, my And you get it. The new era pinstripe bowl. Get your gear now. Get it. Blow my brain. Oh, my God. That game's going to suck. That game's going to absolutely suck. Great Christmas present. 2021 pinstripe bowl, Penn State, Virginia. Get it while it's hot. You can pay me to go to that game. You could, but it, it would cost a lot yeah. <laughs> to watch Penn State play <laughs> fucking Virginia at Yankee oh. Stadium in goddamn late December. Oh man. Holy shit. Well, this podcast started fucking so positive. <laughs> and now that we're at our now that we're at 12th know. episode, you're seeing the real deal. Fuck this shit. We're pissed. But like I said, I'm not pulling the I'm not pulling the pitchforks out for Franklin and the higher ups yet. Give me give me the dude from the Cle the remember that hard knocks guy, the Cleveland Browns guy? The hut when his gut oh, used to go Joe up. Wiley? Joe yeah. Wiley? Yeah, or give me him. Yeah. Give me him. Anyone related to him, I'll take. <laughs> or anyone who looks like him, I'll take. Like, he he will groom these boys. Just someone he'll, he'll who, get them right. Someone who lives for drawing up protections that's all i that's yeah. all i want any sec assistant offensive lineman coach basically oh uh, yeah all right so before we talk about the Rutgers game which is going to be a blast um we're going to go to some trivia Ooh, but i actually have yeah. a little uh a little side story here so went to dinner with my family last night and unbeknownst to us it was trivia night so the first category was completely random um, and the security was very, very lax. Like you could easily have Googled every answer on your phone, but trivia, I have integrity. I'm sure everyone out there has some kind of integrity with trivia at bars. You can't just Google shit. So the first round, there was four questions in particular that we were like, all right, no one's going to fucking know this. Three of them were literally what year was this made or what year? So I'll go over them. One of the questions was, what was the only year did that Corvette ceased production? So we were thinking, all right, maybe like World War II, 1942. Yeah. Answer was 1983. Who the fuck would have known that? <laughs> so this is a 10 question thing. So these are four right here that no one, no one should know without Googling on their iPhone. Yeah. The other question, a year. Uh, what year did Taylor Swift release? I forget what album. We guessed 2010. It was 2012. 
another year question. What year did the first Apple Watch come out? We guess 2016 or 2015. Oh. And the fourth one that really stood out was what state flower is the iris? And we said Washington, because I think irises are purple. Washington had purple, so that was my brain. Tennessee. Oh. So some team comes up. They're announcing the scores. We got five out of ten. Second place, seven out of ten. And they any category, any round you can double. So they announced the first place team, nine out of ten correct. Get the fuck. And they doubled the round. So they went up 18 to six and five in the first yeah. round. And immediately I talked to the guy. I'm like, they're they're cheating. There's no yeah. way that they knew three of those four questions that I just asked you. There's no yeah. fucking way yeah. they knew that off the top of their head without Googling. <clears throat> so I just want to bring that up. There's no cheating on any of this trivia. We take it very seriously. Oh, no. Full integrity. If anyone out there cheats at fucking bar trivia, you're the scum of the earth. You are the scum <laughs> of the earth. I really wanted to, like, I was getting actually pissed at them because I was like, dude, it's so easy. Like, everyone can cheat here. Just have some fucking integrity. Come on. Yeah. It's yeah, bar trivia for $15, like, in a free drink or something like that. Like, <laughs> give me a break. So, sorry. Uh, sorry for ranting. Hit me with your question. Oh, well deserved. Uh, all right. So last week's question was pretty fucked up uh, for Reed. <laughs> so <laughs> sticking so to the up. Uh, so fucked up. So still obviously the same time frame, 2000, 2010 trivia. That's what we're all about here. So <laughs> my question for you: Who is Penn State's all-time scoring leader, accounting for 425 total points? My first gut instinct is going to say kicker. And the kicker that was the most prevalent during that time was Sam Ficken. Over, what was he, over six in that Virginia game where he lost like 10 to 9? Over five. Over five, Sam Ficken. So that's where I want to go. But I'm no mathematician, but I do know that touchdowns are worth more than field goals. So. Daryl Clark's coming to mind. I just feel like this is a this is a kicker. I'm gonna go with the boy 0 for 5, Sam Ficken. You going with Sammy Ficken? Yep. Ah! No! it? The correct answer is none other. Hails from my alma mater, Kevin Kelly. From the kicker? Chamonix High School kicker. God damn it. I knew it was a fucking was, kicker. I knew it was, was a, a kicker. true freshman, true freshman kicker in the Orange Bowl thriller that we quiz read on last week. I, sh- uh, I should have 2005, that. 2008, 425 total points. Almost a mere 109 points higher than second place. Two seconds. Let me actually pull that because that's a good question. Sam, yeah, Sam Ficken missed way too many field goals. So. To be all time later. Test ah! now. Now I'm, I'm two and two now. You're three and one. You got me on the question. I gotcha. Ah, Saquon. Saquon second. Saquon. Damn. 318 man. points. Ficken is number three. Ah, fuck. The top three. Ficken with 271. Saquon is two. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Because he, that's he wasn't there four years. He was there three, right? Three. 
Yeah, 2005, 2005 2017. Yeah, that's insane. For when his uh, senior season. That was insane. I'm glad I was able to witness Saquon Barkley at yeah. Penn State in person. That was yeah. that's going to be something I'll tell my, my grandchildren one day. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we will going to take a quick break, and then we're going to head into our Rutgers – Penn State preview, which should be absolutely electric. <laughs> and now for the most electric game of Penn State's season, facing the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, a team that both Dave and I have bet on a uh, pretty fair amount this season. Uh, a good bit. Probably more yeah. than we should have, but. Uh, definitely more than we should have. We, yeah, we should have stopped after like week four, but we just <laughs> continued to continue to ride the horse until it fell off. Uh, the line for this game, Penn State minus 17, is what I saw, mm-hmm. and over under 46. So looking at Rutgers, I mean, this was a team I said on, I think on the first podcast that had high hopes, they had a lot of. Uh, seniors playing under Greg Schiano, his first recruiting class coming all the way through. However, they just have not been able to put it all together. Um, their starting quarterback, Nebraska transfer, Noah Vedral. Mm-hmm. Is that where we're going to go? Vedral. Vedral, yeah. He's been injured. Uh, got hurt in the Michigan State game. Wasn't able to go against Purdue last Saturday. So they had two quarterbacks kind of flip flopping. Art Tukowski, who I know is just like a Brett Favre gunslinger, just doesn't give a fuck, just throws it up, doesn't care. And then uh, Johnny Langan, who's more of a dual threat um, quarterback. He threw for 95 yards, I think also had 95 yards rushing um, in that game against Purdue. So Vedral's status is still up in the air. Um, If someone like Johnny Langan were to start, I would be a little bit worried about Penn State covering that spread just because he brings just a dynamic aspect to that offense that we can't really account for until you you see it. Um, No rushing attack to be that afraid of. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, leading rusher, only averaging 3.8 yards per game. Her carry offensive line is just not that good. But they do have a receiver that I really like. He's a senior. 5'11. We'll give him six foot. Give him that. Uh, him one program height. 195. Cleats, six foot for sure. <laughs> uh, 195 pounds uh, and just an absolute speed demon. I love his route running. When he gets the ball in space, he's just making people miss. He's trucking people. He's, he's a, I think he's going to be a, uh, one of the guys who rises up kind of in the draft as the scouting process goes through. But other than that, nothing really to worry about with the Rutgers, with the Rutgers offense, especially with their quarterback situation kind of up in the air. Um, if Sikowski were to be the starter, I would be a lot more comfortable than if Langan were to start. Um, uh, Vedral does have some threat on the ground, but if he's come back from an injury, I don't really see that being too big of a deal. Mm-hmm. So hopefully AK can just fucking – this game that's my that's my big key to the game it's just the defensive line linebacker he blitz and turn it on and just 
sticking whoever's behind center into the dirt every other play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know you went through the offense, defense, kind of the same story. Uh, standout star, linebacker, Olakunle Fatukasi, uh, senior. That's a tough fun name, name to pronounce. Tough name. Tough name and a fun name. Uh, senior linebacker, 81 tackles on the year, uh, both solo and assisted, three and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Okay. Uh, and then nice two guys to watch out for, uh, both D-backs. Christian Izien, uh, 53 tackles on the air, four pass breakups, and then DB Max Melton uh, does have three picks on the air, one touchdown. But again, this isn't just from a talent perspective. I know we talk a lot about, or we talked a lot about, about how we have to develop our talent, but just from a straight up looking at what's on paper here, you should just dominate this game. But as the season's gone, it's, we got to wait and see how this one's going to play out. You had Chiano making some comments about how he wants to make this a rivalry um, between Rutgers and Penn State, which Penn State's mm-hmm. in a lot of trouble, and they're in a world of hurt if we ever get to the point where this is a rivalry. Yeah. As much as it would be cool to see <laughs> like, Rutgers back on the map and no, where they I, were when they had Ray Rice. and uh, Maybe against Maryland, not against Ryan us. Lumber. Yeah, but if we're in <laughs> – season uh, or annual bouts against Rutgers, then we got a lot more problems here. I don't think uh, you'll hear from us again. <laughs> <laughs> Pod closed. Yeah. But uh, but I would expect Rutgers to come out and fight. They've had some bad games or some bad couple weeks here, mm-hmm. but they, they, they could be smelling blood. Uh, they got a Penn State team that's wounded, trying to find itself and try to limp to the finish line here. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them come in to Happy Valley on Senior Day and wreak some havoc and keep this one close. Same, so honestly. We got we to gotta continue to see what we got, what we're working with. Uh, Penn State's still an opportunity here to get a win here where you're not going to get a lot of credit for getting the win, but it's going to be a lot more scrutiny if you lose this one. So yeah. that's, I think, enough on the table for us. And then obviously you got Michigan State looming in the background where you got a chance to finish the season on a high low on a high note, mm-hmm. but you're looking at best case scenario, eight and four, still a disappointment. Worst case scenario, you drop this one, you drop Michigan state. You're looking at six and six sub 500 and big 10 play. And there you're just limping into hey shit. That could be worse than the pinstripe. Bowl. Yeah. That could, yeah. Uh, that could be the, yeah. Whatever and then the you're going to the off season with a whole big, stormy cloud over Franklin with uh with questions uh what yeah. the fuck's going on in state college right now so big two weeks for sure and I think this week would be if we can get up on Rutgers and start getting those younger guys some playing time kind of showcase their skills have some guys to kind of be like all right hey we can kind of count on this guy next year hey yeah. this guy's kind of promising he might fill in a role next year yeah that would be something that I think would get the fan base back engaged, just seeing younger guys stepping up, seeing the sophomore underneath their name being like, okay, so we got some guys coming up next year. It's not all gloom and doom, even though it feels that way right now. Um, but yeah, I think part of the, the Rutgers game is going to be a lot of these guys are probably looking to get offers to Penn State to play football there. Mm-hmm. Probably didn't get them settled for Rutgers and they're going to come with a chip on their shoulder ready to kick some fucking ass and prove yeah. that they should have gotten that scholarship Penn State over 
whoever's lining up yeah. against them, which is mm-hmm. a huge factor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And just sure. the way that our team's mentality is kind of going right now. And you walk into a brick wall like that, you never know yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. So, with that said, our next segment will be the much anticipated week 12. We've two weeks left of this conference championships and then the bowl season which should be a fucking riot i'm gonna love yeah. that but week 12 big 10 bang bonanza coming up right next and it is week number 12 hopefully that showed up right on your screen 12 12 of the big 10 betting bonanza and as always make sure that you download the parks sportsbook app enter promo code whiteout deposit some money, and you get a risk-free bet up to $500. So on the season right now, we're exclusively betting Big Ten. We know the Big Ten in and out. Maybe not me as much as Dave, who is 22 and 11 on the season. That is just out-of-control numbers for her record. I finally popped my head above the water. I'm 17 and 16. Um, Missed a money line. Last week, I'm so sorry to everyone who roots for money line, Matt, but five and two on the season with the money lines. However, I'm still up in the point total because of those money lines, mm-hmm. 22 to 20. Um, so, yeah, make sure you download Parks Book, the Parks Sportsbook app and enter that promo code whiteout to have a little fun Saturday, man. Make some money. Make some free money. Code whiteout. Um, so I'm actually going to lead this off. I know I normally let you go first. You take me on. I'm going to lead this off. So next week, possibly the biggest Michigan Ohio State game since that. I think it was like 2016. That mm-hmm. fourth down uh, call. Yeah, which was out of control. Love seeing Harbor all freak out like that. <laughs> so they are setting up for possibly the biggest game in the past. 10 years. Michigan has to go to Maryland. And I'm thinking Michigan's looking the fuck ahead to Ohio State. They're like, Maryland, we're going to trounce them. We're not, we're not going to pay attention to this team. However, I'm going Maryland first half plus seven and a half at home. So hopefully they Ooh. just keep it close by the halftime. And then Michigan's like, all right, let's fuck this team up and get out of here and go to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. So Terps, let's go. Plus seven and a half, first half. Talia, you better not fuck me over by throwing five picks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Talia's been hot and cold. You better hope he's hot in that first half. Better. Better. All right. Uh, So for my first pick, I'm going to probably one of the biggest games of the weekend, Michigan State, Ohio State. I avoided that for a reason. (laughs) Big, big, big 10 bout here. And I'm staying away from the spread on either sides of this, but I like the points in this one. And it's a little bit high at 67, but I like the over. Okay. Small, a little bit of an example last week, with the Ohio State Purdue, where, yeah, Ohio State's going to put up a shit ton of points, uh, but they're also going to give up a good bit. Yeah. So I like Michigan State to be able to get the ball going uh, with Kenneth Walker and how he's been going, Jalen Reed out on the outside. Um, but I like the over here. I think it's a good play with 60, uh, over 67. I'm pretty sure Michigan has like one of the worst passing defenses yeah. in the big 10. So yeah, which bodes, 
bodes very well. For Those three Ohio. wide receivers from Ohio State could kill it. So there's an over-under for you. Um, my second bet is going to be Purdue minus 11 going against Northwestern, who has the worst run defense by far in the Big Ten. They're giving up, I think, 200 yards in second place is like 150. Yeah. So not even close. I think if Purdue can run the ball on this team, they're going to control the clock, score touchdowns. I don't see Northwestern doing anything on offense. I think their season's kind of written off. They're kind of playing their younger guys, seeing what they have for next season. And Purdue's been on kind of a roll. I mean, they step up against some clutch Big Ten opponents. So I think minus 11 is a little too low for them. I think there should be a two-touchdown favorite against lowly Northwestern. Yeah, not really a very Pat Fitzgerald-esque Northwestern team this year. At all. Usually expect to see a little bit of fight out of them, but just from watching them the last few weeks, they just look like a team that's just kind of given up, kind of out of it, which is, again, it's not really in his character. So interesting to see if anything comes of that. I think they got him locked in for a good bit here, but just not a very typical season that you see out of Northwestern. Yeah, yeah, especially their defense too. Giving up the most yeah. rushing yards in the Big Ten, like that never getting happens. Blown still. out, never week after week. Yeah. Your final right. pick, uh, sir. Oh no, this is my second pick. Your second pick, sir. sir. <laughs> uh, so I am gonna grab Lucha. I'm gonna grab that paddle from you. And I'm going to row the boat this oh, week. Oh, shit. As I'm smelling blood in the water. This Tom Allen, Indiana team has quit. They just flat out stink. I am taking Minnesota at Indiana. I think you're going to see the student section again up in the upper deck with their shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> Making the uh, the viral Twitter post, uh, which is pretty funny to see. Just guys being dudes. But I like Minnesota minus seven. At Indiana. Looks better than that, huh? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes. Um, I like that. I was I was honestly gonna take that, but I was like, I picked Minnesota five straight <laughs> weeks. Like I, I can't just keep beating a dead horse. <laughs> so for my final pick, set, I'm going to what who I consider the Joker of the Big Ten. This team just lives to see the city burn they love chaos and it's the illinois fighting Illini. <laughs> they're plus 13 against iowa at home i was so tempted to take the money line here oh but i'm taking the plus 13 yeah you know what now i'm taking i'm taking plus 13 wow. i'm taking plus 13 <laughs> they're away i was at home i gotta honestly see iowa just completely blowing them out of the water but Illinois just lives for chaos. So yeah, this could be a game that they just show up and just beat the shit out of Iowa and no one saw it coming. <laughs> Even though Brett Bielema is not going to be on the sidelines for this game due to COVID, uh, test positive for COVID. So it could get the guys a little loose, not having their head coach there, you know, playing a little Maybe more a little free. Up, play, play in his yeah. honor. So I'm going to take Illinois plus 13. Yeah. Woo. All right. So for my final pick, I'm going to dip back into the Maryland-Michigan pool here. Now I'm going to take the Terps plus 15 
total game. Full, I think full game? Okay. Full game line, plus 15. Uh, kind of like to your point, I think Michigan's looking a little bit ahead here. They escaped Happy Valley with that tight win. Uh, and I, with the ebb and flow, the hot and cold play for out of Maryland, I think they're at home. I think they keep this one a little bit closer uh, than the plus 15. So I, I, I like Maryland here. Yeah, that could be, yeah. The 15s, that's, yeah, that's a nice number. I'm sort of regretting doing the first half now because they could lose by two touchdowns easily and still cover. Hmm. I'm sick with first half, though. Not going to copy your bets. Stick to your gut. Stick to your guns. Um, so that will do it for week 12. Big 10 betting bonanza again. If you've heard those bets and you like any of our reasonings behind them, download the Parks Sportsbook app, enter promo code WHITEOUT, put in some money, risk-free bet up to $500. Simple as that. Easy. Have a fun Saturday. Put some money on the games. Risk-free. You get it right back if you lose in credits. No brain. No brain. I know it's week 12, but it's not too late. Not too late at all. Not too late at all. We got basketball season. You can keep betting during then. We got yeah, college basketball coming up. Tons of stuff to bet on. Uh, but thank everyone once again for joining us for another week. I know it's been a tough season, but we sincerely appreciate everyone that tunes in, listens every week um, to the bottom of our hearts. Um, I know it hasn't been fun, but we're getting through this together been a fun fun six and four let's keep it going fun six and four yeah we've we've had our we've had we've had our moments of of fun around here and then we've also had our (laughs) iowa rants which (laughs) i still fucking hate that team (laughs) but that will do for us thank you guys once again love you all see you guys love you guys